You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a new way to lead off your Sunday with conversation, unique perspectives, and your thoughts and questions on the Hometown Nine. It's Twins Today. Swing and a miss on a changeup. That was masterful pitching from Jose Barrios. I know they know I got a great curveball, so they're looking for That's when I wanted that breaking ball. Twins Today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars. It's hard to believe that was 15 years ago. Right? Time flies, but uh, you know what? I'm in a new role and I'm enjoying it. Thanks, Derek. Which thought am I? Did I make the top five? Now, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Hello, good morning, good to be with you. Happy Mother's Day to all, and happy Mother's Day to my mom. Happy Mother's Day, Patty, as well. Uh, just a fun show planned for today. It's a beautiful day at Target Field right now, although stick around. Uh, I'm Derek Wetmore. This is Twins Today. It's a new show driven by the Mauer Auto Group, where we have fun talking about baseball leading you right up to Inside Twins and the Dino Realty pregame lineup card. Uh, a couple of guests on this show today, including Twins SVP Matt Hoy, who is going to talk to us about uh, Governor Tim Wall's updates and what that means for Target Field going forward and uh, what it means for seating capacity, What basically what the summer is going to look like at the ballpark. We'll talk to Matt about that. We're also going to grab uh, Saints uh I think he's Director of Communications. Sorry, Sean, if I got the title wrong. Sean Aronson joins us later, the voice of the St. Paul Saints, on their first week as the Twins AAA affiliate. Uh, they had a, a game, uh, I think, postponed last night due to weather. But uh, some fun stuff coming up. And the home opener for the Saints over in Lower Town, St. Paul, at CHS Field, right around the corner. So we'll grab Sean on that. And then James Fegan, who covers the White Sox for the Athletic series with the uh, White Sox coming up. We're going to get some White Sox updates from James. So that's Twins Today. We start the program, as always, with five thoughts, where we rattle through just some thoughts on the week in baseball that was. Number one. And the 1-1 pitch, ground ball to the hole it short. Culberson picks. Buxton is going to be mm. thrown out, and Byron not running all that well up the first baseline, and now he's hobbling. Not quite the quad or the hip flexor, just but something that's going to keep him off the field for a period of time, not something that anyone would be able to play through at this point. Yeah, not great news for Byron Buxton, but also, you know, could be worse. It's a strained hip, and I believe that I heard it classified as a grade two strain. Uh, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Not good news to lose your best player when you're struggling a little bit in ball games. Obviously, Buxton's presence makes the Twins pitching better. It makes their overall defense better. It makes their offense a lot better. Um, it's a bit of a gut punch to lose the, the, the best player in the lineup and just sort of an electric source of energy, too. Um, so Byron Buxton going to miss some time, and it sounds like it won't be the minimum of 10 days. I don't know exactly how long it's going to be necessarily, but we wait and see. Hopefully the Twins can get some good news um, for Buxton and his return to the lineup before too, too much longer. Also, Kirilov, Alex Kirilov is out currently uh, with dealing with a wrist problem. He had a cortisone injection this week. We'll see 
what the next step is. Uh, I, I, I don't want to speculate. I have no idea. But, boy, he sure was tearing the cover off the ball when he got hurt. Uh, Mitch Garver dealing with a little bit of a shoulder thing, but he pinch hit yesterday, leading me to believe that Garver will be fine in the not-too-distant future. And Luisa Rice is missing some time uh, with concussion symptoms when he uh, slid into home plate. Kind of a kind of a weird play, contacted the catcher's shin guard. So, um, you know, you're hoping for a quick return to the lineup for all of those guys to the extent that they can, and uh, their overall health is obviously first and foremost. Um, but, yeah, just not not a great situation right now for the Twins dealing with several injuries. However, number two. Line drive, base hit right field. So Nick Gordon picks up his first major league hit. To feel it all for yourself, is it's a different feeling. You know, it just, it's a kid in a candy store. You know, I, I can't really explain it. I, I wish I could, uh, everyone had this feeling. That's the voice of Nick Gordon, and he made his Major League debut this week. How many guys have swiped two bags in their MLB debut? Uh, With injury comes opportunity, and Gordon getting that opportunity with the Twins. Also, Trevor Larnick called up the other day, made his Major League debut yesterday. He did go 0 for 4, but I I have all the confidence that this guy's going to be a good Major League hitter. Um, Earlier, maybe, than you were expecting to see some of these guys, Kirilov was recalled or, or called up for the first time when Miguel Sano was on the injured list. Nick Gordon getting his chance with several injuries, uh, the latest being Luisa Rise among Twins infielders. And then you don't want Byron Buxton to hit the injured list. Um, and Trevor Larnick said as much before his debut, too. He said he didn't want to make his debut based on some guy's injury. Um, but these are, um, especially Kirilov and Larnick, guys that the Twins feel have a very bright future um, as big leaguers and big league hitters so with injury comes opportunity uh, not the way you want it to happen you'd want to have your full complement of players but I always think it's really cool watching players make their big league debut being up in a big league environment for the first time I know it's a little bit different uh, with still all the COVID protocols and ballparks aren't quite full yet by any means but uh, just really cool uh, special moment when those guys can experience that number three Ground ball, shortstop. He'll go to second and force out Kepler at second base. Twins missed a golden opportunity. Bases loaded and nobody out. And they come up empty. I saw actually very good, very competitive at bats until we got guys in scoring position. That's 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 really um, not something that you uh, want to acknowledge. Sometimes that's exactly what it was. Exactly what it was. Rocco Baldelli calling it like he saw it. And the Twins struggled yesterday they left I think it was 16 men on and the the last time that happened in fact we did a little uh, research the uh, research department at Twins Radio was busy yesterday uh, 16 runners left on is the most since June 18th of 2019 and you think oh well, that wasn't that long ago that's not so bad yeah well that game went 17 innings so that kind of puts it in context uh, just just a bad day at the plate for the twins yesterday good news if you're looking for silver linings they got guys on bad news they don't count guys on on the scoreboard they only count guys in and the twins didn't come through yesterday it's as simple as that uh, I think there is something to be said about stats evening out over the course of time but to Rocco's point, 
you also have to put together good at-bats. You have to be productive. And I don't mean grounding out to the second baseman productive. I mean you have to put up a competitive at-bat for those things to even out. They don't just even out on themselves. So I'm not panic mode with the Twins offense. I actually think they're a really good offensive club. Um, but you don't want to have too many days like the Twins had yesterday. And the, kind of the flip side of that with the pitching. Number four. And the first pitch, a swing and a ground ball to first gloved by Goodrum. Takes it to the bag, and the Tigers hang on and win the game 7-3. Twins make some noise late, but Kepler grounds out, and the Tigers win the game 7-3 as the Twins' bullpen suffers their 11th loss of the season as things unraveled for Duffy and Law in a five-run seventh. We know we got to get better. You know, I think... Uh... Everybody wants to get out there and, and rewrite that script. You know, I, I want to get out there and, and have Hansel's runners on base and strand them and just to rewrite the script. You know, that's nothing you want to do. You feel bad when that stuff happens. And you want to go out there and, and save the guy and have him hug you instead of you having to go him and tell him sorry. That the voice of Taylor Rogers and pointing out a bit of a problem that the Twins bullpen has had this year that's truthfully hard to explain. Um, some good relievers have let in guys on base come in you know, if you come in uh, with the bases loaded, that's obviously a tough spot, but you expect an elite reliever to get out of that um, more often than not, honestly. And the Twins I just have been uh, very bad as a bullpen at letting runners who were on base when you came into the game, letting them score. Those inherited runners, you got to bring that number down. I do think that one will even out over time because there's just no way that it keeps going at the pace that it's been going for the Twins. The other day, uh, we were looking it up. They were it allowed 60% of inherited runners to score, which sounds high because it is. Most teams can expect to be around the 30, 35, and maybe a little higher than that. 35% call that a benchmark for the Twins to be that much higher than it. There's there's just no way that continues. Number five. Here it comes. Line sharply through the left side into left center field for a base hit. Kerrigan will score, Pena right behind him. He will score, and the Saints lead 6-1. Jeffers on his way to second as the throw goes into third. So Ryan Jeffers comes through two-run single. Hey, and I know the that. Saints lead at 6-1. Sorry to cut you off there, Sean. I know that voice. That's the voice of Sean Aronson. He is the uh, voice of the St. Paul Saints who just opened up their first season as the Twins AAA affiliate. So very exciting time uh, in Saints baseball. I think it's an exciting time around baseball in general because it means the minor leagues are back after such a long hiatus. We'll talk with Sean Erickson, uh, Sean Aronson, excuse me, actually coming up right after this. He's going to be our next guest. We'll talk St. Saint Paul Saints baseball and what all of that means. He called a, a, a game for the first time in a long time, I'm sure, earlier this week. So um, really looking forward to catching up with uh, our friend Sean Aronson. We'll do that next on the program. This is Twins Today. We're on 10 to 11 today with the earlier first pitch time, although as beautiful at Target Field, it might not be quite as beautiful uh, in Detroit. So we'll wait and see what happens with the game, but catch us on Twins Today from 10 to 11, and we'll get you ready for all the pregame festivities. Sean Aronson, voice of the St. Saint Paul Saints, coming up next on News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today, special Mother's Day edition of Twins Today. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, including my mom. Hi, Mom. We've got some fun guests lined up today. We're going to talk Twins, and uh, but it's 
you know, it's not been a great start to the season for the Twins. So no no need to sugarcoat it. We'll, we'll address it as it is. I still think this is a good team. I still think they can pull out of this. But, boy, it just hasn't been a fun start if you are a fan of the Minnesota Twins. Here on Twins Today, we are going to drive you up. It's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. today right here on WCCO Radio. And coming up after that, we're going to have Inside Twins I believe there's a special guest who uh, generally manages the Twins uh, plan for today. That's just the latest word that I heard, little inside scoop. Um, you're going to have inside Twins leading into the Dino Realty pregame lineup card. And then first pitch, if uh, if we're playing today. Although that sounds like there might be some, uh, some people suspicious about that, uh, given the weather that they're having in the Motor City. Um, so we'll keep you posted on all of that as soon as I know. You know, you'll know some of this stuff too. So keep it locked here, and we'll get we'll lead you up to uh, pregame. We're gonna have uh, Matt Hoy, who is the senior vice president of the Twins, um, works in operations with the Twins. Is gonna join us after this to talk about Governor Tim Wall's COVID updates and what that means for Target Field this summer. But right now we have the privilege of being joined by the voice of the Saints. Um, and, you know, he does a lot more with the Saints, too. But Sean Aronson is our guest. Sean, uh, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing today? Good, Derek. Uh, sorry, I hope you did a good job of filling. We we, uh, we had our game suspended last night, and I've been running around trying to get ready for an hour earlier game uh, here in Omaha uh, tonight. So, yeah, or this afternoon. So, yeah, it's been crazy this morning. Sean, I learned tap dancing from the best, so I'm perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, thanks for joining us. Sean is the uh, Vice President, Director of Broadcast and Media Relations with the St. Saint Paul Saints. I got to ask you just off the bat, Sean, because the minor league start season started May 4th, but you guys were on the road. Uh, we'll talk about the home opener in a second, but your first week as a Twins AAA affiliate, what has this experience been like? Uh, it's been everything I thought it would be and more, to be honest with you. It, it's, it's been a, a joy. You know, I'm, I'm here in Omaha right now, uh, fifth and sixth games of this series being played today. As, as I said, we got suspended last night in the fifth inning, um, leading eight to one. So that was good, but it look, there are more roster moves than I ever thought would happen in the course of a month, uh, within the first four days. Uh, you know, I, I joked <laughs> that our guys are going to have to start tags that say hi my name is with all the movement coming in and out it has been absolutely crazy but look that's the purpose of this right that is the purpose of AAA so that these guys can get ready to go up and help the big club um and and you've seen that uh you know Nick Gordon before he even ever played a game for us uh he traveled on the bus to Omaha and then the the very next day they put him on a flight to go back um you know and uh, you know Trevor Larnick made his major league debut yesterday um, you know, it, it's just been fun to watch these guys get the opportunity to, to get called up. Yeah, super cool. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Sean, you also want to ask about you for a second and just kind of catching up with you because we haven't talked since this season started. Uh, you must have called your first game in a while. We heard you on one of the calls in our previous segment of a Ryan Jeffers knock, um, knocking off the broadcast rust. What's that been like for you? Yeah, it's, it's good. Look, baseball is baseball. I mean, as, as you guys know, we actually played last year. We played 60 games last year. So unlike most of my compatriots uh, around the country in, in minor league baseball, I actually did games last year. I mean, the affiliates didn't play at all last year. Um, so I had that fortune. But still, yeah. after a long offseason, 
Uh, you're right, knocking off the rust. I was talking to their broadcaster yesterday. I said it takes about two weeks to get that coating on the throat uh, where you can really hit that note when a guy does something incredible. Uh, it takes a couple of weeks, but it's uh, it, it's been good. And, and to start on the road actually has been helpful because I know how crazy things are about to be when we get back home. Uh, so it's actually been good to kind of ease into the season starting on the road. Sean Aronson is our guest on Twins Today here. He is the voice of the Saints and also the vice president, um, director of broadcasting and media relations. Uh, Sean, you guys are opening at home this week. You just touched on it. Uh, there's no two ways around it. It's going to be crazy. I mean, CHS Field hopefully will be rocking to the extent that it that it can be right now. Um, home opener Tuesday, May 11th. Which, by the way, if you're listening to the show, SaintsBaseball.com for tickets uh, as the homestand comes up. But, Sean, what's that experience going to be like just opening the doors back up after playing last year? Yeah, look, it got even better, right, with the announcement a few days ago by Governor Walls that uh, restrictions are going to be lifted. Now, we're, we're going to do this in, in a responsible manner. The, the first two uh, home series, which are back-to-back are -back in the month of May, will be around that 50 to 60% uh, mark. And then our intention is – when we come back from the two-week road trip on, uh, I think it's June 8th, uh, we'll open up to 100% capacity. But that's better than the 27% we were at about five days ago. So uh, there are now tickets all of a sudden available. Everybody wanted to get in for opening day. You now have your chance. Uh, as you mentioned, Derek, go to saintsbaseball.com uh, or just bombard us Monday morning at 9 o'clock uh, and, and give us a call. But we're excited. Look, the, there is the energy in the Twin Cities right now, for us being a AAA affiliate, uh, people are talking about it. People are excited, unlike anything that I've seen since we opened CHS Field in 2015. Uh, so Tuesday uh, is going to be a whirlwind, uh, to say the least. Uh, it, it's going to be high energy. It's going to be a lot of intensity. There's going to be a lot of excitement. Uh, and we've been getting ready for the last about month, uh, getting the ballpark ready so that uh, she's ready for her AAA debut uh, in, uh, in just a couple of days here. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, Sean. And that's, uh, just something you, you kind of can't prepare for. You kind of just have to like accept it as it comes and go through it. Um, I got a couple more questions on Saints baseball for you here before we let you go and get back to the crazy day following <laughs> last night's weather craziness. Um, who runs the Twitter account for the St. Paul Saints at ST Paul Saints on Twitter? Yeah, you're talking to that guy. I thought uh, so. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, look, it's it's a caricature of, uh, it's an extension of who we are, right? Like when you come out to a Saints game, uh, it's meant to be entertaining. Uh, so is the Twitter account, um, you know, and, and that's that's the purpose of it. It's it's not meant to be uh, malicious or anything like that. Uh, it is not always taken that way. I'll tell you that much. Sure. Um, sure. You know, but it's it's meant to be a caricature uh, of the average fan out there. It's almost sort of, uh, you know, poking fun at the way fans overreact. It's almost, uh, you know, being playful. It, it's it's a lot of different combinations. It's something that I started a handful of years ago, and, and it's also a little piece of me. I, I told Toby this the the other day. I said, as a broadcaster, I'm probably more mo emotionally invested than I should be as a broadcaster. Like, I care whether we win or lose. I don't know if that's necessarily the case across the country with every broadcaster, but I care. Um, and so some of that kind of comes out uh, on that Twitter side as well. Uh, I think I may have to dial it back just a little bit uh, as well. Uh, again, I, I don't think I've uh, ingratiated myself to, to our players too much on, on that front, but 
Um, but we'll find a good balance when it when it comes to that as well. I hope they can uh, come to agree that it's all in good fun. I read one the other day. For anybody who's not following at St. Paul Saints on Twitter, uh, opening day, not the greatest day of Saints baseball in history, but that's okay. We're still excited to have you on. The tweet reads, down 8-0 in top six. Become a AAA affiliate, they said. It will be fun, they said. The Twitter account won't be snarky anymore, they said. I don't know who they are, but they were wrong. Send a tweet. I thought that was pretty good, Sean. I, I want to say this, too. Like, as a broadcaster, I've got 90 seconds in between innings. That's to right. Come up with. It's, this is like it's all on the fly, um, you know, where, where I come up with this. And, and, again, you know, I don't want any – anybody out there to take it the wrong way and and so we've we've had some internal discussions here because again our guys are not used to this i've been doing this for five years now um and and, and so i want to make sure that everybody finds it in in good jest so like i said we'll, we'll we'll get the right tone out there but that's that's exactly what it is well just know that you got a favorite and a retweet here <laughs> it, it made me laugh uh we appreciate the humor um sean good luck with uh coming back for the home opener in st paul saintsbaseball.com for tickets. Uh, we can't wait to get started, Sean. Thanks for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, De- Derek. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to having everyone out here on Tuesday night. Yeah. Best wishes with that. We'll talk down the line. Thanks, Derek. That the voice of Sean Aronson. Uh, he's the voice of St. Paul Saints baseball. He's also the VP uh, and Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations over there for the Saints. So super fun catching up with him. And yeah, it's a, the Saints are one and three, but they were leading uh, the other day, yesterday, I think, when they had to have their game postponed. And look, it's I've said it. I think every week on the show that we've had it, it's just super fun to have the St. Paul Saints, a team that I've followed for for years, now so connected, so closely ingratiated with the Minnesota Twins. Just a quick drive down 94 for uh, for all your uh, AAA roster moves. So uh, they'll get back this week. They open May 11th, I believe that is Tuesday, and you can get tickets at SaintsBaseball.com. Uh, Another conversation on this show that I'm looking forward to, Sean touched on it briefly there, Governor Tim Walls made some announcements, dialing back some of the restrictions on COVID for this summer, hopefully have like a slightly more normal summer, definitely a more normal summer, but we'll see what what the uh, end result is. Um, I'm going to talk with somebody who has worked very closely, uh, probably with the Minnesota Department of Health and like the governor's office to figure out what does Target Field look like in the era of COVID restrictions. And so what this means coming back out of that, he's the SVP of ballpark operations, um, maybe just operations in general, I think. I hope I didn't screw that title up, Matt. But Matt Hoy will join us on the other side of this break, and I can't wait to ask him about what this means for him and his staff and and Target Field and for fans and coming to baseball games this summer. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to. As you know, Twins Today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group more than cars, and we caught up with uh, Jeremy from the Mauer Auto Group and just because it's a new month. So, uh, Jeremy, welcome to the program. How's it going today? Today is going great. Thank you for asking. Sure. No, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show again, like we do every single week, talking about what's going on at the Mauer Auto Group. And uh, new month, new specials, I assume. What do you guys have on for May? Yeah, for May, it's, it's, you know, we were all worried that they were going to kind of roll down the incentives with the inventory issues and all that kind of stuff, but they ramped them right back up. We've got a brand new Silverado that's available right now for a lease of three fifty nine a month, and we can do the tracks also, and with twenty five percent off 
the MSRP. It's our smallest SUV, but it gets you a SUV body. So you still have the room to haul all the fun stuff that you get, but you still have the fuel economy of a car. So we've got a couple really strong specials right now. Yeah. Hey, one of the things that you just touched on that I'd like to circle back on, you hear all this about inventory and with COVID, I know a lot of industries have been impacted by that. How has the auto industry fared through this, Jeremy? Well, the auto industry has fared pretty good on all this, but I'm sure you've seen the stories on TV about microprocessor shortages. Um, I know that's a big thing to talk about today, but um, there's a shortage of inventory out there right now. And they're saying, you know, used, new car prices are strong and used car prices. And the, the most important thing is used car values are strong. And with the Mauer Auto Group, you have one of the largest inventories to choose from in the whole entire state. So you've got a strong used car presence and you've got wonderful new car incentives. It's a winning battle for you. So it's, it's really, it's a great time to come in and look for a new vehicle. So where is the best place that they can go to learn about it? And then where are you located physically that they can come find you? Well, physically we're located in Anoka in the North Metro. We're located in Invergrove Heights. We have the Mauer Chevrolet store down there and the Mauer Buick GMC store down there. But obviously the easiest way to do it is online. Just go to www.mauerbuickgmc.com, mauerchev.com, mauermainchev.com, whichever one you want to go to, and you're going to see what we're doing at the dealership level. And if anybody ever wants to join a winning team, um, currently right now we are looking for either technicians, salespeople, we're looking to expand our team. So, you know, on the websites, you can also apply for a job. Come join us. And you could go and get to work with uh, somebody as fabulous as yourself. So what? A, well, it sounds like a win-win on both sides. That's what we like to hope. <laughs> Jeremy, I really sincerely appreciate your support and thank you for your time today. All right. Thank you so much. Jeremy McFarlane from the Mauer Auto Group. Uh, Twins Today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group more than cars. Uh, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we are joined by a very special guest uh, who is going to have all of the updates for us, I'm sure, maybe even break a little news on this program. He's the SVP of operations uh, for the Minnesota Twins. He is Matt Hoy. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Derek, it's my pleasure, and, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Well said, well said, Matt. And uh, I, this is an exciting weekend for you, I imagine, coming off the off the heels of Governor Tim Wall's announcements that some of the COVID restrictions were going to be dialed back. Matt, I remember where I was when I heard 10,000 fans were going to be in the ballpark. Uh, can you take fans and take me through the latest update and what it means for specifically seating capacity here at Target Field? Absolutely. You know, we were really excited to get, you know, the 10,000 fans back in for the first 17 games. We've got uh, our, our next series of games just went on sale here from the 14th through the 30th, the next 12 games. And you've got, uh, you know, the Oakland A's, Chicago White Sox, Baltimore Orioles, Kansas City Royals. And what we're looking to do is, is not necessarily just turn the dial up 100% because it's probably not the responsible thing to do. So we're looking to go into that 50 to 60% range. Uh, those tickets went on sale to the public as of Friday and fans that purchase tickets for any of those games in, in May will have priority as we go forward. And uh, we're going to continue to sell in pods of two or four. We will seat closer to the aisles. We will fill in some of the rows that didn't have seating in them uh, with additional fans. 
And uh, if anybody has any you know, questions or needs help with that, they can certainly uh, go to 1-800-33-TWINS and, and get your help there. Otherwise, obviously, you can buy them on twinsbaseball.com. But we'll ramp up to that 50 to 60% level for the May games. In June, we hope to increase that maybe to 80. And then hopefully by the time we put the July games on sale, or, or maybe we'll do that at the same time as we do June, uh, we're going to try and get back to 100% by the time we get to the 4th of July. Wow, that would be exciting. Now, quick just clarification. Uh, you guys are still – you're going to put them on on sale, kind of kind of ramping up, right? Because you rolled out just specific series at a time intentionally, maybe hoping that this update was coming. So it sounds like that ramp up is going to continue rather than, hey, all, all tickets are on sale starting today. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the group of, of May games are on now. Yeah. Hopefully by the time we're ready to put the June games on, we can take a look at maybe going a little farther out and allowing fans to plan a little bit farther ahead and, you know, allow our, our groups that tend to come over the course of the summer a little bit more time to plan and you know, kind of get their groups together and, and, and make their arrangements to come out to the ball game. That's great. I love it. And I, Matt, I can appreciate that you probably have some pressure on both sides of things. You know, people, people pushing against, like, hey, is this safe? But but B, also people saying just open it up. So I, I can totally respect that that you're feeling it from both sides, so to speak. I, I would have to imagine. Um, I, so I like what you said there about doing it safely and responsibly. Can you take me through what it means for the environment at Target Field? Maybe for people who've been to a game or just seen the folks on TV at a game, how's Target Field going to be different in May and maybe June? Well, you know, the, the governor still um, is requiring masks until we get to 70% vaccination or till July 1st. So I think that's going to be one continued uh, focus for us is, is masks are going to be required when you're in the building. And then, you know, working with 3M and our partnership, we've done just about everything we can to keep the facility clean and sterilize as much as we can. We've gone to touchless restroom facilities. Um, we're continuing to try and remind people um, of being responsible, but you know the CDC guidance says go outdoors, and you know we're an outdoor stadium, so this is one time where we're I think extremely excited that we're outdoors and not in a dome. But uh, you know we're we're ramping up just about every way we can, and, and we will continue to try and provide a safe environment. Good airflow in the Metrodome, at least. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there there's a lot of folklore there and, and uh, conspiracy theories, but uh, you know. <laughs> Fans that the, 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 the intake fans down behind home plate were actually designed before the building had air conditioning to take that cold air from the floor and then it would dump it up back at the top of the building. And uh, everybody always thought that we could reverse those fans and blow out. It never it never worked that way, but it was it made for great fodder, you know. Fun story, definitely a fun radio story. Hey, uh, Matt Hoy is our guest, senior vice president of operations for the Minnesota Twins, uh, intimately involved with these discussions with probably the Minnesota Department of Health and the governor's office and what that means for Target Field. Uh, Matt, what about transportation to games? You know, you got the light rail out here, you got the North Star trains. Um, th- everything has been affected by this. Uh, those are on the list yeah. as well. What what does that mean for fans going forward? Well, you know, we uh, I reached out last week to uh, John Humphrey, who's the head of rail operations for Metro Transit, to ask him what their plans are for ramping up, you know, capacity on their trains and maybe increasing the frequency of, of some of the North Star lines. But they typically will stack some trains in up by the uh, the the, the Herc to help us expedite getting people out of the building. So I haven't heard back from them, but I, I would expect that they will be ramping up capacity on the trains. And we also have a partnership with the city of Minneapolis parking group. And, and uh, we've got a reduced rate for ramps A and B of $12. 
Hawthorne ramp for $10 and you can get those via ParkWiz. So um, that's another great opportunity and it basically brings you right adjacent to the stadium and you can come across and, and enter. Frankly, you can come right across on the Skyway and enter there without even having to go outside. But uh, all the gates are open. Uh, we're ready to go. We're gonna actually go back to two hour gates on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays to allow people a little bit more flexibility in getting in as the crowds increase. And we, uh, you know, we'll hopefully give our concessionaire uh, more time to, to get people you know, their beer and their pop and, and their sandwich before they get to the seat and, and they get to game time. And that's one other thing if I could touch on real quickly. Please. You know, Delaware North shut down just like every other business did over the course of the last year. And they, they're scrambling and, and ramping up here and hiring a lot of people. So there are a lot of jobs available at Target Field. There's actually a couple of hiring events coming up this week on uh, Tuesday, May 11th from 3 to 6. And from Wednesday, May 12th from noon till 3, parking's available in Ramp A. Um, or if anybody has any questions about that, go to careers.delawarenorth.com. They also have uh, nonprofit organization opportunities, um, which a you know, group, a church group, or a school group, or a hockey boosters, whatever, any 501c3 corporation or, or uh, incorporation uh, can uh, come out to the game. And I think they even raise minimum guarantees per, per worker, but that one is uh, npo-mnfundraising at delawarenorth.com or 612-659-3983. And there's plenty of opportunities as we go out into the summer for those groups as well. Love it. That's great. Some some opportunities for folks. And if you missed that, if you're just catching the end of Matt, make sure to check out the podcast, Twins Today. Some great info in there. Matt, I'm going to leave you with this one because um, I've heard Dave St. Peter uh, discuss this, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth by any means, but, but Dave has talked about the sort of um, – almost a responsibility. I, I don't want to put words in his mouth either, but I hope I'm characterizing this correctly to help sort of revive downtown Minneapolis and, and what that looks like after what our community has gone through and continues to go through. Um, I saw some of the barricades come down, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, but still, I think a lot of pe a, a lot up in the air for people who haven't been out to Target Field yet. What does that look like right now today and maybe this summer as as far as uh, you know, a cornerstone tenant here in downtown Minneapolis, the Minnesota Twins. Anything we can do to be part of the reopening of downtown, we're very proud to be associated with that. Um, you know, it was great compared to last year when you know I was at all the games last year, and it was just it was downright eerie being downtown with no people and you know the canned noise in the ballpark, and to have the ten thousand fans that we've had, and to see them streaming out into the streets and going to the bars and restaurants. I know that. Those in the North Loop neighborhood and downtown have been have done very well around our games. You know, the weekend games in particular have been very well populated. But to my knowledge, there have been no security-related incidents as it relates to any of our fans coming down to our games. Through 17 games, I think that's that's a pretty good barometer of how things really are downtown. And you know, any any incident certainly gets more pub publicity. But uh, um, you know, we're proud to be part of that reopening, and we encourage everybody to come on down. Stop at your favorite bar and restaurant and, and patronize them because obviously they've had a heck of a time here over the last 14 months as well. You're not kidding. Yeah. Matt, yeah. can't thank you enough for the time. Really appreciate you coming on Twins today. Anytime, Derek. You take care. Be well. That the voice of Matt Hoy, Senior Vice President of Operations for the Twins and intimately involved at Target Field and sort of the, the reopening and scaling up of capacity here. One thing that I thought was interesting. He pointed out, you know, 50 to 60% capacity is a possibility in the immediate future, basically, but that by 
Fourth of July. They're hoping to be looking potentially at a full ballpark. You know, before the summer's out, that's on the table. I think that's pretty exciting given what we've gone through, obviously. Uh, collectively with COVID, just uh, uh, I, I hate to say light at the end of the tunnel because people keep saying that. <laughs> I think it's cliched. Um, but really, truly, one of the inspiring things uh, as far as twins go being able to open this place back up. Um, I'm sitting at Target Field right now, and it's beautiful, but I got to tell you, it's more beautiful when uh, it's packed full. So thank you to Matt Hoy for his time, and uh, we're, we got some more baseball talk coming up after this. Keep you updated on uh, if we hear anything weather-related. That's obviously on people's mind today, and just some more fun conversations coming up on Twins Today. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned here on News Talk 830 WCCO back after this. All right, welcome back to Twins Today here on WCCO Radio. I am your host, Derek Wetmore, on a special Mother's Day edition of Twins Today. We've already heard some great guests. We've talked to the voice of the St. Paul Saints on their start as the Twins AAA affiliate. Uh, Senior Vice President of Operations Matt Hoy joined us to give the updates on COVID uh, and Governor Walls's new rules as it pertains to that, what that means for Target Field, and potentially a full ballpark by the end of the summer. We're now joined by a special guest who covers the White Sox for The Athletic. His name is James Fegan. James, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Um, Everyone deserves the privilege of having their name pronounced correctly. How did I do? Uh, Since it's not a settled matter in the family itself, uh, it's it's a very low bar to clear and you did great (laughs) i love that answer thank you thank you uh for your time and for talking a little white Sox with us today the division leading white Sox. not that surprising honestly um that they're up there what is surprising is the start that the twins have had so we can get into all that too but uh it started really with the white Sox before the season even began losing aloy jimenez um what have they done to try to replace that production in the lineup and how do you think they've done well, replacing Jimenez actually went surprisingly well, though it was very uh, dramatic um, gesture. You took a first base prospect in Andrew Vaughn and someone who even as a first base prospect was remarked upon for being pretty slow and converted him to left field. And he's not going to win a gold glove. He's not going to light up the range metrics for his defense, but he knows what he's supposed to do out there. He's very mistake adverse and he, he just catches easy fly balls and gets everything else back into the infield. So it, it's went fine. And in turn, you have your mean Mercedes come and break out and have this month that no one saw. And you effectively replace Eloy Mendez's production while Andrew Vaughn is you know, probably on the more normal rookie track of, you know, getting on base and, you know, being slightly above average and then, and not really showing the power that he will have down the road, but you know, he's on, on the road, but um so that was going all right. And then they had the, the hit of a Luis Robert, you know, going down and really there's not an easy way to replace that. Uh, it's one thing to replace a big bat and shift pieces around, but having a guy who's just so good on both sides of the ball, you know, there's just not a, uh, you know, a plus hitting center fielder just lying around uh, on the market or in your depth chart that you can replace it at. So that's going to be a more of a challenge to them. And you're going to see with a lot of creativity, like right now, Danny Mendick, their utility infielder is getting his second start in, in, uh, in right field. 
Larry Garcia, who's another utility infielder, is starting in center. Um, they signed Brian Goodwin the other day to a minor league deal. You could probably see him uh, in the future, but they're really going to have to mix and match for the next, you know, three, four months. I like what you said there. Not a ton of uh, plus good, speedy defensive center fielders, plus hitters uh, just lying around on the market. If they did, by the way, the Twins would be interested because Byron Buxton down right now with a, a strained hip. Um, we don't know what the timetable is on that. Rocco Baldelli indicated it'll be certainly more than the minimum of 10 days on the IL. What is the update for, for Robert? Dealing with a similar issue, if I understand it correctly, what is the latest there on one of the White Sox star hitters? Well, I, I don't know exactly what Buck said. I thought he had like a grade two hip strain. That's right. Like, uh, uh, Robert has a grade three uh, hip flexor, which is a okay. you know at that point just a tear. So um, they did announce the other day that he will not need surgery. That's not supposed to really affect his timeline uh, too much. You know, take rest and rehabilitating and letting it to heal will take just as long, but perhaps a little bit more encouraging that it's not as much of a structural uh, damage thing that he needs to be repaired through surgery. It was going to require surgery if the ligament itself um, was detached from the bone. So that not being, this all sounds extremely grisly, That's but right. that not being the case, uh, you know, is at least encouraging from the standpoint of maybe when he recovers, he will still be his full self um, and, and not kind of be affected long-term. You know, if you're looking at the course of a guy's career, you know, torn hip flexor seems like a perfectly legitimate reason to move from center field to right field. But, uh, you know, obviously a lot of the value of Elise Robert is the fact that he can give you this, you know, just excellent center field defense every day. And, you know, what he provides offensively is almost a bonus. Yeah, such a fun player. I mean, from even from a Twins perspective, like having everybody healthy and balling out is, I just think, a fun way to contest a division. Uh, James Vegan is our guest. He covers the White Sox for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at J.R. Fegan, or you can just subscribe to The Athletic and follow his work there because he does a great job covering the club. I got to ask you just sort of a general question the Tony Larusa experience. What has that been like for the White Sox? Um, you know, I when I talk to players, they say it's going fine. They say that you know the clubhouse is very unified. That he's been hands off about it and kind of let them you know continue the the good vibes that they had uh, of last season and you know really promoted a player leadership structure. But as far as like covering it, it it's been a lot of uh, you know isolated moments. Of, of strategic moves in late games that, you know, you have to kind of call him to the mat afterwards. And, the, you know, a couple times to his credit, you know, he, he left Matt Foster, a reliever out to give up like seven runs in an inning in Seattle. And he said that was stupid managing by his standpoint. He uh, left Lucas Giolito out um, and lost the lead in the seventh inning against the Tigers afterwards. Lucas Giolito said, I was out. Of, I didn't have much left in the tank. And Tony said like, well, I, I should have recognized that. And the other day, of course, uh, you know, he, he not being aware of the rule of um, that he didn't have to run Liam Hendricks, which really kind of hindered them because you can't, you know, bunt and have your closer like suicide squeeze in sure. or anything like that. <laughs> um, he said like and he said the next day, like, I'm, I'm glad I fessed up. I'm glad I didn't, uh, you know, pretend that I knew what I was doing. I, I just didn't know the rule. So that, that's good. So. It's it's great accountability um, in a in an age of baseball where you often don't know who's making the decisions in the in the dugout. But it also this is a guy who was brought in explicitly with everyone saying, you know, who knows it's the greatest fit? Who knows if it's you know the, the right move? Who knows this is a good hiring process? Because it kind of seems like 
they went straight to him and didn't really interview other candidates extensively. Hmm. But Tony knows baseball. He's going to be tactically above and beyond everybody else. So far, that hasn't been the case. You could chalk it up to being um, a first month of feeling out a new team, first month of 10 years off of managing, and that you know eventually his instincts will start playing off in ways maybe we don't even see. But there's definitely been a lot of you know, blots on the resume in this first month that are kind of discouraging given that's that's his calling card. That's the reason that you, you believe in this move is that he's supposed to be this master tactician. Fascinating. James, one final question. We'll let you go. And let's just feel free to keep this one brief, like 60 seconds, because I know that you could write an entire takeout on this, and I know that you routinely do over at The Athletic, but fun central race in the American League. Do you see the White Sox sustaining their position as uh, legitimate contenders in winning the division? I certainly think they can keep doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, if anything, they're supposed to be better than they're at. Their, their run differentials suggest they're better than they're at. Um, it, it's definitely going to be, I think they're going to have a lot of off nights with their offense. You know, I mean, miss those two guys. They're going to have to play a lot more like three, nothing games like they won on Friday going forward. Um, but I would just, I, I, I know things are dark on, on your guys' side of it, but there, there's no way before August I would write off the Twins uh, being able to be back in this. Yeah, and we'll see. We're, we're kind of waiting. We get tunnel vision around here a little bit, which is why I wanted to have you on and talk some White Sox. So, uh, James, can't thank you enough for the time. I really appreciate you coming on, Twins, today. All right. Thank you. That's the voice of James Fegan. You can find him on Twitter at jrfegan or Subscribe to his work at The Athletic. You know where to find that. Uh, That's going to do it for Twins Today, a fun one-hour show today leading up to what we've got coming up for you next. We'll keep you apprised on the weather situation, everything that we know, you will know. We've got uh, somebody who generally manages the Twins coming up on these airwaves to talk about Twins baseball. Um, Just a a lot of fun stuff to go over today, including I want to circle back on the point possibility of a full ballpark at target field i should say obviously other things have to go according to plan for that to happen but that's the dream uh, a, a, a sincere possibility it sounds like after talking with twins vp of operations matt hoy uh thanks so much for spending some time with us today on this special mother's day edition of twins today we heard from james Fegan there who covers the white Sox for the athletic um you know, we get tunnel tunnel vision around here. I certainly am raising my hand for that, too. You know, sky is falling and all that kind of stuff. It's it's easy to feel like that sometimes. But he says, uh, not, don't count out the Twins. And that's from sort of a, a, a rival perspective. Obviously not a White Sox fan, but, you know, covers the team very closely. They're not giving up on the Twins. I'm sure the Cleveland baseball team is not giving up on the Twins. And uh, I don't believe that the Minnesota Twins will be giving up on the Twins. So, just have to wait and see it all unfold coming up next we've got inside twins after that it's the adina realty pre-game lineup card this has been twins today i'm your host Derek wetmore happy mother's day go out there and enjoy it if you can in the twin cities we'll catch you next week here on news talk 830 wcco you have been listening to twins today driven by the mauer auto group more than cars this has been a presentation of the treasure island baseball network